0: Gorowski show for this Thursday, September 22nd, 2022, is brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all the things there is to know in the city of Chicago: where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, and every now and again, what kind of reapers you can get madness over. <laughs> including columns from our very own Ben Gorowski. Chicago Reader, ChicagoReader.com, and if you want to help out this program, you can just visit chicagoreader.com forward slash Jorofsky. That's J-O-R-A-B as in victory, S-K-Y.
1: Hello, everybody. Ben Jorofsky here. We're calling this Nothing Changes Thursday, and here's why. Because nothing changes. That's why talking in particular about a headline in Chicago Sun-Times that I'm looking at. Chicago Fire Score, $80 million northwest side facility with councils okay. I want to give a shout-out to my dear friend, Mick Dunkey, who's been covering this thing for ProPublica. Uh, he, he did a story as well about the city council proceeding yesterday. Shout-out to Mick. He'll be a guest on the show next week. Anyway, so I'm just going to be as uh, tight as I can about this. Uh, it has to do with the fact that in the in the mid-1990s, uh, the city of Chicago, then led by Mayor Richard M. Daley, teamed up uh, with the Clinton administration to have something called the Plan for Transformation. Uh, and that plan was to undo the damage uh, that had been done to poor people throughout the history of Chicago for like the last 40 years. by They had been concentrated into these high-rise public housing complexes. And Mayor Daley had said, that's, uh, unfair to the poor people. We have to look out uh, for the best interests of the poor people. We're going to have to move them out of these high rises, tear these high rises down uh, and uh, start all over again. And a lot of people at the time my lefty said, you're da- you're not doing this because you care about poor people. You're doing this because you want to open this land for development, because this is very, potentially very valuable land. In particular, I'm talking about the this particular uh, f- uh, Chicago fire facility in the near west side. Uh, with the old ABLA public housing facility. So it's like the Taylor Street area around there, just uh, near the UIC, the uh, university. And Mayor Daley and the powers that be in the city say, oh, no, you're so wrong. You're absolutely wrong. You're so unfair to us critics. We very much care about poor people. In fact, we're doing this for poor people. We're going to bring them all back. Every one of them is going to get to come back to this public housing site. We're going to have beautiful housing for them. It's going to be gorgeous. Don't you worry. You just wait. And they put the people who have been removed uh, from the housing on a waiting list. Well, guess what? They're still waiting. And meanwhile, this land, owned by the CHA, which used to be the site of public housing, uh, will now be the facility for the Chicago Fire, a training facility for the soccer team, the Chicago Fire. (laughs) The vote uh, went down to the city council yesterday, Uh, and I just have to say this, ladies and gentlemen, I just like honesty in government. If you're going to move poor people off of land to help the development of that land and to, quote-unquote, build the tax base of Chicago, say that's what you're doing. Don't tell people you're doing it for poor people when you're not doing it for poor people. just makes you look bad when you don't tell the truth. My next guest is always telling the truth. People should be more like, more like my next guest. Anyway, at the city council meeting yesterday was hilarious. Tom Tunney, chairman of the zoning committee, who's supposedly independent from the 40th war, 44th Ward, retiring Tom Tunney. has been in the council for almost 20 years, I want to say. Thank God. <laughs> my distinguished guest couldn't resist. So, <laughs> so Tom Tunney, who's chair of the zoning committee, Somehow or other screwed up. They didn't get enough members of the zoning committee to show up at the meeting on Wednesday or Tuesday. I think it was. Yeah, it was Tuesday when they had a vote. The way it works, a committee has to vote before uh, to approve a measure before it goes to the full council. So it's usually a rubber stamp. All you gotta do is just drag those aldermen in there. Hey, wake up, you don't need to be awake. They could just push the alderman there. They literally can have an aide that could take the alderman's hand and put the finger on the button for the vote yes. It doesn't take much more. They know what they're, they're giving their orders. They know what to do. Somehow or other Tony screwed the whole thing up. He didn't get enough vote. He didn't have enough aldermen there. The measure lost. So if it was a normal matter, as opposed to the Chicago Fire, which is owned by a fairly well-to-do gentleman, if it was a normal matter, they would wait a month. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. We got to get this through. Boom. The next day, (laughs) they called a special meeting, special zoning meeting, just to have this vote. They dragged whatever aldermen they needed. on the Get her! They dragged them. Who knows where they were? Maybe they're sitting on a bar stool. They dragged them off the stools, wherever they sitting. They put them down there. They held their fingers. They pushed the button. They got the votes passed. And then they patted themselves on the back. Tom Tunney and a mayor like, oh, we're so brilliant, as they patted themselves on the back. Listen, Tom Tunney, I thought you were supposed to be an independent one more time. I'm just telling you right now, don't pat yourself on the back because, one, you screwed up in the first place and you didn't get your alderman to vote. And two, all you did was dis- display, display one more time what a rubber stamp the Chicago City Council is. They'll do anything uh, that powerful interests tell them. And please, whatever you do, don't tell us you built that Chicago fire practice facility for poor people for people who need housing, unless you intend to put a cot in the gym or something like that, or maybe in the trainer's room. All right, without further ado, I'm going to bring my distinguished guest who uh, can't wait to start talking. Dear friend of the show, Terry Cosgrove, president of Personal Pack. I know you have a few things in your mind you would love to say about Alderman Tom Tunney before we get to the real issues at hand. Take it away, Terry.
0: Yeah, I just want to take a minute. No, when you were talking about Tunney, it reminded me of the Chicago um, City Council vote, which was actually the closest vote that Mayor Rahm Emanuel ever had. It was 26 or 27 votes of of people voting for um, $5.5 million of TIF money, if I'm uh, correct in that, uh, to give to Presence Health, which now has gone through two or three more iterations. I think now it's, uh, it's Amita Health. But at any rate, they wanted to give $5.5 million to um, to a healthcare delivery system. Oh, that, by the way, uh, treated women and LGBTQ people like second class citizens because women couldn't get birth control there. They could. Um, they practically had to be a death store in order to have their miscarriage managed. Um, they denied them access to birth control, obviously to abortion care and uh, treated uh, LGBTQ people like second class citizens when it came to their health care, uh, transgender people. And uh, Tom Tunney voted to give the uh, president the 5.5 million dollars, which really disappointed a lot of people. And uh, and um, it's just it, it was uncalled for, actually. Um, he, um, that was not a pro-choice vote. In fact, uh, more and more city council members, I know, uh, Delia Ramirez, used it against her opponent in the uh, primary, in that primary, because he voted uh, for the president's health care at all. So one by one, the city council is being rid of their um, anti-choice, uh, anti-choice members, and uh, we will. Especially now, we need a city council um, that will be supportive of reproductive rights. So on to the subject Is your Ben. Take it away.
1: All right. And I just want to, uh, Delia Ramirez, State Representative Delia Ramirez, used that issue in her campaign for Congress against yes. uh, Alderman gil and was yes. successful. It's a very important issue. All right. And here is the theme that I pull out of this. This is very important for uh, Democratic strategists out there who are listening. Very important for uh, uh, political science junkies out there listening. This is how Terry Cosgrove approaches his issue. His issue is uh, abortion rights, reproductive rights. That's his issue. And he does not tolerate people who vote against what he believes how they should vote. And a guy like Tom Tunney, an alderman like Tom Tunney is from Lakeview, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna help you out here. He's from Lakeview, a relatively upscale, socially liberal, North Side Ward. There's no excuse for Tom Tunney or any political elected official from Lakeview to vote against reproductive rights. No, not you're not going to have a backlash. It's not like I. It's not like in the old days when Michael Madigan would tell people, "Hey, you got to give this legislator a little, uh, a little leeway on this vote because he's in a swing district. It could go against him." No, absolutely not. Terry Cosgrove, you can't give a guy like Tom Tunney leeway on such an important issue because there's no reason for him to vote against reproductive rights. He's not going to suffer at the ballot box. And here's the thing about Terry Cosgrove. He doesn't forget. We talked about this with Kathleen Sansis. who was on the phone the other day. She's like a mini Terry Cosgrove. I urge everybody to check out that interview. we're done with this one. You don't forget you have an issue. You need allies. It's an important to your uh, to your constituents, Terry. You can't, oh, you might like Tom Tunney, or you may have known Tom Tunney, but you can't give him some leeway, T. You got to hold him as accountable for his vote as you would someone you don't like or someone you don't know. And that's how you approach politics. Am I correct?
0: Right, you are correct. And, uh, you know, two years ago in the primary, we had Mark Kalish, who... Um, who um, said he was pro-choice, and then he didn't vote for the Reproductive Health Act, and we defeated him in the primary. Um, and then uh, and then in this year, in fact, I said to someone last night that I guess we just need one person, a primary, and then last primary that just took place this June. Um, Mike Zalewski did the same thing. You know, he took a um, he didn't, he, did, he voted no on a very, very important reproductive health act that was used in his primary and uh, and he was defeated. And so I guess in 2024, someone else will go out there and think that they can, you know, vote anti-choice and it not come back to bite them. And, you know, we'll just see in 2024, maybe we'll need someone in 2026, I don't know, but uh, we're just going to carry on with, uh, with making people understand that reproductive rights is non-negotiable. You're either pro-choice or you're not. Um, There aren't some groups of women that deserve to have their reproductive rights protected and others that don't, you know, based on uh, zip code, age, income, anything like that. Either you're pro-choice for every and all women or you're not. It's that simple.
1: So, all right, T, let's move on to uh, the real important issue here uh, for Illinois voters. We've said it many times in this show. Uh, And if you think that uh, Illinois is a a sanctuary uh, for abortion rights, think again. Uh, There's an election, uh, well, many of them, you could argue the governor's race as well, uh, but in particular, the Supreme Court races are absolutely essential uh, to keeping, to maintaining uh, this Illinois status as one of the only... uh, Safety zones, if you will, uh, in the Midwest. So let's uh, let's just address this issue. People need to know about the the Supreme Court races and how uh, the the election will impact abortion rights in Illinois. We'll start with that general topic. Go ahead.
0: Okay, thank you, Ben, for having me. Um, there, these are um, the two most critical races that are going on. And what I want to do is just back up slightly. Uh, to back to June 24th of this year when the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. And I don't think that people fully understand what the United States Supreme Court did on June 24th. What they did, and we have to be very clear-eyed about this, is very few countries on this planet Earth now have such cruel and dystopian laws as we do in the United States when it comes to abortion. What the United States Supreme Court said, and everyone needs to understand this very clearly, they said any state in the United States can outlaw abortion without exceptions. That means no exception for rape and incest, no exception for a woman's health, and no exceptions for a woman's life, meaning that a state in our country can tell a woman who is dying as a result of carrying a pregnancy, that that pregnancy can't be terminated in order to save their life. That The Supreme Court abs- put absolutely no exceptions into that, which means that um, dozens of states right now are enacting what we're calling um, constitutional amendments or laws that say that life begins at conception, which means not only are they gonna outlaw all abortions with no exceptions, but that means that the most commonly used forms of birth control, such as the IUD, the pill, are now going to be considered murdered weapons, murder weapons because they will be illegal um so what does this have to do with illinois illinois has two illinois supreme court races coming up this fall there is one in the second district which is basically the north and northwest suburbs outside of cook county uh in north of Chicago, um, and that is Lake, Kendall, Kane, McHenry and DeKalb counties. That is where one Supreme Court seat is. The second one is in the south and southwest suburbs, um, anchored in DuPage, Will, Kankakee, Grundy, LaSalle, and Bureau counties. Why are these two races so important? Because if the Republicans, the right, both of the men running for these seats, um, Mark Curran and Michael Burke, are endorsed by the anti-choice extremists. They're endorsed by um, every single right-wing um, anti-choice leader in the state of Illinois, as well as elected officials who are, and um, very wealthy donors, who all want to see Roe v. Wade overturned in Illinois, and our, I should say our legal abortion status overturned. So if we if we do not win these Supreme Court seats, on November 8th, we can wake up on November 9th with the prospect of, of abortion becoming illegal, completely illegal in the state of Illinois on November 9th. And let me tell you why and how this will happen. Currently, there are lawsuits that have been filed against the laws that we have passed over the last five years in Springfield. And I want to focus on one in particular, because this is this is the nut of the issue here. In 2017, Illinois was one of four states in the country to have a trigger law, and that trigger law in the Illinois statute said the day that Roe v. Wade was overturned, um, life would begin at conception, and uh, and then went on to say that abortion would be illegal in Illinois. Um, We, the pro-choice community, led by Personal Pack, um, passed a law in 2017 that got rid of that trigger law. So in other words, we removed it from the statute. Um, Right after that, a lawsuit was filed in Sangamon County um, to declare that HB 40 is null and void. That's what the lawsuit is about. One of the candidates running for the Illinois Supreme Court, which is Michael Burke, is a member of the Thomas Moore Society of Catholic lawyers that is filing the lawsuit. So this guy wants to go on to the Illinois Supreme Court and claim that he's neutral when in fact, he is part of the organization that is suing to have the very law that he's gonna rule on overturned. So um, I don't know about you, but I have some serious questions about his objectivity, particularly when he's been endorsed by um by the most radical anti-choice political committee in the state of Illinois he's got all the right-wing donors supporting him um in the state of Illinois and um and on top of that he goes to we have uh, Facebook posts of him going to all of their galas and meetings standing proudly with anti-choice leaders um I, a little footnote here. I remember a certain Supreme Court justice by the name of Brett Kavanaugh, and another by the name of Amy Coney Barrett, who actually stood straight faced in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, and told them that uh, that they believed in stare decisis and they thought Roe, Roe was settled law. Hmm. Six months later. All of a sudden, they didn't think Roe was such set or blah, or they believed in stare decisis. So I think we would be complete idiots, to be honest with you, to believe for one solitary second that, uh, that Justice Burke could possibly be neutral or see this law in a fair and balanced way. So that's that Supreme Court district. Then we move up to the second district where, oh, by the way, uh, Judge Burke is running against Mary Kay O'Brien, who has been endorsed by personal PAC and uh, Planned Parenthood of Illinois action. Um, And Ben remind me when I get done with this, that we need to tell your listeners what they can do to help over the next six weeks and five days, because that's all we have until the election. So we go to the second district and we have Mark Curran, who is an attorney, who's running for the Supreme Court in the second district. Again, that's uh, anchored by uh, Lake County, Kane, Kendall, McHenry, and DeKalb County. And Mark Curran, on the day that Roe v. Wade was overturned, posted on his Facebook page, I quote, this is why I never thought I would live to see this day. This is why we all voted for Trump, end quote. All over his uh, campaign website, he has how he believes in the sanctity of human life and all the other anti-choice tropes. Uh, that they put out there, he again is endorsed by um, Illinois Right to Life, the radical anti-abortion group that works to elect anti-choice candidates, as well as the right-wing donors. Um, in addition, I'm not sure if my friend and colleague Kathleen Sances mentioned that Mark Curran had a Facebook page post with him standing with four young boys next to him, each of them holding an, a military-style automatic assault rifle that said, Um, As sheriff, I always stood up for the Second Amendment and I will continue to do so. So if you're at all concerned about gun safety, that may concern you too, having someone um, who thinks it's cool to get young boys to hold an assault weapon and uh, put it on Facebook and brag about how he's protecting the Second Amendment. Um, So what am I getting to here? If these are 10-year terms which means this election, if we do not win, if the right-wing Republicans take over the Illinois Supreme Court, every issue that I guess, that I am taking for granted that most of your listeners care about, which would be reproductive rights, LGBTQ rights, labor rights, gun safety, the environment, um, racial justice, economic justice, it doesn't matter what the issue is, Um, If right-wing Republicans are controlling the Illinois Supreme Court, we are all in big trouble. And I say this with complete seriousness. If we hand this court over to right-wing Republicans for the next 10 years, um, including you, Ben, we might as well all just turn out the lights and go home because this is, Illinois is going to become the hellhole that Missouri is, that Wisconsin is, that Kentucky is. That Indiana is that all the states around us are. If we do not take these two Supreme Court cases, racist, very very seriously, which brings me to what can we do? Every single person listening to this can help. I am. I live in the city of Chicago. I am going out to Will County uh, this uh, this Saturday. I'm taking friends with me. We are going to walk door to door for Mary Kay O'Brien, who is the Supreme Court. Justice, the pro-choice Supreme Court Justice Candidate, Will County. The next week we'll be out in Lake County for, uh, for um, um, Liz Rochford, who is the pro-choice candidate there. All of us can do something. If you wanna know what you can do, whether it's texting, whether it's postcards, whether it's phone banking, whether it's canvassing, you can go to JanesArmy2022.com, JanesArmy2022.com. Sign up there. Say you want to volunteer, and you will receive the emails with all the specific information about how you can help. I I want to finish by stressing that we only have six weeks and five days to win these elections, and the right-wingers have millions of dollars in the bank that they're going to come after both Liz Rochford and Mary Kay O'Brien. And and because the right-wingers understand what's at stake here. They they get it. They're, They're all... They are all whipped up. They are all behind their candidates. And it is so critical for the next six weeks and five days that everyone listening here does everything they can to help these two candidates get elected. Um, and I'll just finish with, I've been a personal PAC for 33 years. I have never been more frightened uh, about an election outcome. The consequences of this uh, cannot be understated. I don't, I, that's the only thing I can say. I we are you know we're really at this uh, pivotal point here where we're either going to protect the rights of people for the next um, for the next 10 years or we're going to we're going to see it all slip away over the next 10 years and once a supreme court justice is elected for 10 years all they do is they face a, a retention vote and only one justice in the history of the state of Illinois has lost a retention vote so this is really serious folks uh 6 weeks 5 days um we all have to give the next 6 weeks and 5 days um every a bit of energy and i want to i keep saying i'm going to finish but one other thing that everyone can do here if you know anyone that lives in these counties whether it's a colleague a coworker a relative a friend please take the time to email them, call them, explain to them what's at stake in this election, because these elections could be decided by a few hundred votes, less than one vote of precinct. So in my years at Personal PAC, I've lost and won races by six votes, 12 votes, 24 votes, 39 votes. I mean, literally every vote will make a difference. And I, you know, I, ca- I caution people, remember how horrible you should have felt on November of 2016, when Donald Trump defeated Hillary Clinton. But for those of us that did not feel good that day, that feeling was horrible. And for anyone else, November 9th of 2022, if we lose this Illinois Supreme Court, is going to feel 10 times worse. Let me say that again, 10 times worse, because this is not gonna be theoretical about, well, what what is Trump gonna be? What is the Supreme Court gonna look like? That's all gone, this is not theoretical. This is real. On November 9th, if we wake up and Mark Curran and and Michael Burke are on the Illinois Supreme Court, folks, it is, this is horrible. This is the most horrible news you could possibly hope to read. And I don't want to uh, dismiss at all the importance of the governor's race. Obviously, we have to reelect JB pro-choice hero. We want to keep our margins in the Illinois General Assembly. But let me be clear here. If the Supreme Court of Illinois can overturn all the laws and say they're not valid. I mean, I won, I got a $2,500 contribution to personal PAC because I got into an argument. I wouldn't call it an argument. I would call it a, a respectful boarding <laughs> on disrespectful disagreement. But this is a very nice lawyer who kept on saying to me, but Terry, they're never going to overturn Roe v. Wade. There's a um, of rights, there's a 14th Amendment, they're starry, decisis. I'm not an attorney. And I said to him, put your money where your mouth is. How much, uh, this was last February. How, mm-hmm. how much do you believe this? He said, 2,500 hours. And I said, you've got it. You know what? Personal PAC became $2,500 richer uh, as a result of that. I, I'm i afraid that there are people out there listening to this who did not believe Roe would ever be overturned, who are listening to the sound of my voice right now going, I don't think that's ever going to happen in Illinois. We're such a solid state. I don't believe it. I don't think of it. You don't believe it at your own, uh, at, at own peril. That's
1: all I have to say. Uh, you, you, you said a lot there. That was a hell of a riff. Uh, and uh, so let me uh, go back uh, and, yes. and talk uh, about uh, how su- Supreme Court justices run for office. And you right. mentioned yeah. uh, Kavanaugh and you mentioned Amy Coney Barrett uh, and their testimony in the relatively recent uh, confirmation hearings for, for the U.S. Supreme. I'm a little older than you and a little wiser. Uh, so I remember uh, going way back when you were just a young lad at Niles West High School. I'm Um, older than you are. (laughs) I just want to see if he's paying attention. Uh, I remember (laughs) (laughs) Clarence Thomas's Supreme Court confirmation (laughs) hearing in 1991. Okay. Uh, And 1991, he said he had no opinion about abortion. All right. And of course, that was absolutely untrue. And uh, he spent his entire career on the bench trying to undo abortion rights. Uh, and he was one of the votes that uh, on the Dobbs decision that uh, blew up Roe. All right. So this is what I'm leading up to. When judicial candidates run for office and they deal with an issue like abortion, they tend to read from the script that Clarence Thomas wrote uh, and say they have no opinion. They're blank slates because justice is blind and they don't they're not influenced in any way by the. Like, Uh, Their beliefs, political beliefs, what you say, they will be unbiased when they sit on the bench. In fact, Mark Curran, the fellow who's running up in Lake County, who, you can go check this out, just Google his name, said that John Lewis, the great congressman, was guilty of killing people because he supported Planned Parenthood. Denigrated John Lewis. That Mark Curran is saying, told Dave McKinney, of be easy. I'm not making this up, Terry. I'm not anti-abortion. They know they're in swing districts, ladies and gentlemen. They know it's people like you, like Terry's friend, the lawyers, who is, still, oh, Roe will never be overturned. They know it's like, so they'll hear, they'll listen to Mark Curran tell Dave McKinney, oh, I'm not anti-abortion. They're like, oh, he's not anti-abortion. Ben, can I
0: interrupt you? For It sounds like you're saying they don't tell the truth. Yes. Is that what you're getting? Oh, wow. I'm saying that.
1: So, (laughs) what would you say that don't tell the truth? Okay. And, uh, oh, I'm not, not, uh, I don't have a bias. No, I know you just said that John Lewis was a mass murderer. So, here's what I'm asking you Mm -hmm. What can the diligent voter, swing voter, who may not agree with me, Ben, on social, uh, on uh, economic issues, but passionately agrees with you and me on uh, reproductive rights. What telltale signs, other than listening to Mark Curran's actual words, which you could just Google his name, would you suggest they take? Uh, What what telltale signs would you suggest they look for that would indicate that, yes, Mark Curran and... um, Burke will vote against abortion rights. Go ahead. Well, I'll say it again.
0: They're both endorsed by um, the most radical anti-choice organization, the state Illinois Right to Life Action, which is their political action committee that is supporting both of them and working very hard for both of them. Um, They have gone to um you know they've gone to galas and events and meetings of anti-choice organizations they're supported by uh anti-choice elected officials um uh, right-wing donors of the republican party um I don't know how much more evidence you need uh to <laughs> to be convinced now on the other side you know and also you know Ben you are partially right there's a canon that says they're not supposed to comment on On cases that are currently before the court. Okay, that's fine. But if you listen, if you watch the organizations that are supporting them, when Planned Parenthood of Illinois Action and Personal PAC are supporting a candidate, you kind of know that we have an idea that they will respect the right to privacy and that they believe that and the fairness when it comes to abortion laws. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm just guessing there. They've not been asked about any specific cases. I have never had a conversation with, with any of the candidates for the Supreme Court about um, the fact that they filed a lawsuit. That there's a lawsuit sitting in the court system that will end up in front of the U- Illinois Supreme Court potentially at some point if these two right wingers get elected. Um, I, because they have a right to appeal past the appellate court and go directly to the Supreme Court. And of course, Mark Curran and Michael Burke will greenlight that. Um, so, But I've not asked them that. That is conjecture. And I can't imagine if their right-wing friends come to them and say, hey, we want you to hear this case. I can't imagine them saying no. So, um, so, So I can't give any more definitive information other than Um, quote, Maya Angelou, who said, when someone tells you who they are the first time, believe them, end quote. So that would be my, uh, my answer to that. These guys are telling us they're, they're announcing loud and clear to the world where their sentiments lie, where their beliefs lie. And it's just up to us to believe them now. And if we don't believe them, then we're fools.
1: All right. Uh, So I, uh, I agree. You're right. You're, uh, when you're running for the Supreme Court. Uh, you're not allowed to comment uh on cases becoming before the supreme court so you're absolutely correct senator when you say that uh but i do believe uh you are permitted to comment on things that you've said in the past oh, yeah uh, that reflect I, I do not believe you can hide behind a blanket can't, can't comment on that can't comment on that and so it would be very curious uh how mark curran would defend his comment which i will now read this is mark curran's words not ben's words Uh, about John Lewis, the great civil rights leader and a great congressman who said uh, that, Lewis might have been instrumental in the fight for civil rights at one time, but John Lewis got in bed with Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Three out of five pregnancies in the African American community end in abortion. If you want to know why there's violence in the streets of Chicago, why it's the most violent city in America, it's because there's no respect for the sanctity of human life. So when you have a quote unquote civil rights leader, saying it's okay to kill all these little black and Hispanic babies in the womb, no big deal. Let's make it as easy as possible, making these centers in the inner city while you're not much of a civil rights leader. I would love to uh, it, see how he wiggles his way out of that one. And he, can't,
0: and, and he can't, he can't, he said what he said. I mean, I, this is, uh, you know,
1: there there's no, I,
0: I mean, we have, I, I don't want to sound like an attorney, but we have prima facie evidence <laughs> Of where this or where these two candidates stand that's not the I don't think that's an issue to anyone the right wingers know where they stand we know where they stand so i I just don't see that you know there's any more need to beat a dead horse here on uh, on that point I think the point is we have six weeks and five days to make sure that these two clowns don't get elected to the Illinois Supreme
1: Court well I actually I, and this is why I think this is important because I heard I may have told you this the last time we're in the show, but if not, I, I don't care. I'm going to repeat it anyway. So I heard an interview with this lawyer who is like the legal brains behind the fight against uh, abortion rights. And uh, he was talking about what the anti-abortion community will do to, uh, ultimate, their ultimate goal is to eradicate abortion rights in this country altogether. Right. And he right. said, and I'm paraphrasing Terry. It's not a secret. He said, he said, but they, he said that in some States, we know we can't achieve that right now. So we have to do piecemeal things. Mm-hmm. We have to say, oh, well, we're not looking to eradicate abortion. We just don't want, uh, we believe in parental notification. Or, well, we know we can't eradicate uh, abortion, but we want to set a hard, uh, no Medicaid payments uh, for abortion. And so he goes, that's the stand we take. We win that one, and then we move on. And that's how we're going to do it. So when they say, I take seriously when they go, well, I'm not anti-abortion. I don't think you can let them get away with hiding behind their position on an issue, because I do believe uh, that confuses voters. Ben, have, out
0: I to for- let, have i ever let a candidate for office hide on this issue
1: i ask you uh let's ask tom toddy to answer that question no, no
0: no i'm serious i listen we've moved beyond all this i think the american people understand that the goal of the anti-abortion movement is to make abortion illegal for all women under all circumstances for all time. There, there's no debate. It's on all of their websites. They, they have set it up front. They have they have come out and said we wanted to deny every single woman access to abortion. Full stop. Full stop. There, there's no, you know, they're not hiding behind anything anymore. I don't know who these people are that you're talking to, but all the people that I that I get on their emails and everything. And I'll tell you, if they if they succeed in Illinois, this will be the biggest feather in their cap because currently 56 million women in the Midwest count on Illinois to be here because they can't get an abortion in Indiana, Wisconsin, Missouri, Kentucky, Iowa. I think I got all the states to touch us, not to mention beyond there. So we are the big prize, these these two Supreme Court seats, and then they will have pretty much locked down the entire Midwest, which means there'll be a few states on the West Coast, the three that we know of, possibly Nevada, but that's on the bubble. We have Minnesota that may stay on the bubble, but they're... So as soon as they're done with the Illinois, they're not gonna quit. I mean, that's the other thing. The anti-choicers never quit. They never they never go home and say, and I've said this for years, and that's when, what's been so frustrating with this work, because over the years, I've heard people say, including elected officials, well, Terry, you know, if." They, they're under this false belief, if you just deny low income women medicaid funding we'll go home and we won't bother anymore if we just get 48 hour waiting periods we'll we'll go home they're going they're going after um they're, they're going after contraception openly the governor of mississippi said that if a bill came to him to outlaw contraception in mississippi he'd sign it i mean i just hope that people aren't sitting back and thinking that there is any end when you're willing to let a woman who's suffering from a miscarriage in an emergency room die and you want to call a group of lawyers and hospital administrators to discuss whether the doctor has permission, whether the doctor and the nurse attending to her won't go to jail and tried as felons if they save this woman's life, that's where we're at, folks. We're, we're well beyond all the other, um, you know, all the other. Uh, talk that's going on about all these other restrictions they they have made it very clear in fact if you go to any anti-choice website um you will see that none of them all of them are opposed to contraception and only one or two of them just don't con- comment at all but they put it all out there out front they have a they have a they have a whole website the pill kills it's about how the how the not the abortion pill this the birth control pill kills And they see the birth control pill as the same thing as an abortion, that they constantly try to conflate the morning after pill, which is a double dose of the birth control pill with the abortion pill to confuse the public and think they're one and the same. Whether or not they're two completely different medications, they work in completely different ways at completely different times um, of a pregnancy, assuming there is one. So, um, yeah, so let's, I mean, we, we're, we're now, you know, we're now at the finish line here. The finish line is, are we going to allow them to get to the point where abortion is going to be illegal for all women under all circumstances for all time, or are we going to start pushing back and taking back the territory and, and enshrining the right to choose in every state and in federal law? I mean, that's about we we, we lost a because we lost an election let's be really honest here we lost roe because we lost an election i'm not going to relitigate that election although you know i can but i won't um, and now we're going to get Roe back and we're going to get reproductive rights enshrined for all women under all circumstances for all time by waging this fight and winning uh, the battles that we've lost. And they've been working at this for 50 years. I don't want anyone listening to this to, to think that for a minute, there is an overnight solution. There is not a one election solution.
1: Uh, By the way, I just want to correct something you said. You lost, we lost Roe because uh, we lost an election. We actually, it's actually uh, two elections were lost, each very similar, uh, a Bush-Gore in 2000, where Bush got to be the winner, even though he got less votes than Gore, and Trump-Clinton in 2016, uh, same thing. Trump got less votes than Hillary Clinton. And the reason I bring back Bush-Gore is because uh, Justice Alito, who wrote, the opinion uh, got to be the Supreme Court justice uh, as a result. Uh, And one thing, if you really want to irritate Terry Cosgrove, point out that he doesn't know the politics quite as well as you do. Uh, All right, Terry, now um,
0: the- uh, Except except, um, with six days and five, with six weeks and five days to go, uh, a history lesson is not necessarily needed. On November 9th, let's all get a history lesson. But oh, wait.
1: I, it's okay when you give the history lessons, but when I want to give the history... All right. Uh, so th- this is a question... Time to...
0: is everything, Ben. Time is uh, everything.
1: Uh, this, right. this is a very... Uh, practical question that I get from people, just a, a curiosity question. People just like learning about this. We've been talking about the, the Supreme Court races on this show for almost a year, okay? Right. For a long time. But a lot of people, you know, they go at their own speed. All right, fine. Uh, and people say, Ben, like, wh- I want to vote in, uh, uh, in the second uh, uh, district race. I, I want to vote in the third district race. Uh, and why can't I vote in this? If you say it's so important, uh and this is just a very practical thing about the supreme court i I think you should explain it now because people may be curious okay this
0: is the kind of history lesson we need um um, yeah so this is this is a a a very brief tutorial on the illinois supreme court first of all most people they realize that our supreme court is elected we are not all supreme courts are elected there are some that are in fact minnesota um, I bumped into a guy at a conference I was speaking at who's from Minnesota and he pointed out their Supreme Court was appointed and they got lucky because all of the members of their court were appointed by Democratic governors. So that's why their court is that way. In Illinois, I think we're one of, I want to say, 13 states that elects its Supreme Court. So we're very different situation here and we're one of three or four words partisan, believe it or not. So at any rate, um we have seven supreme court justices um three of them are elected at large from the county of cook if you are living in cook county which includes chicago you do not have a vote in these two races the only people that have a so there's three from cook county and then there's four other districts in the state there's the second the third the fourth and the fifth the fourth and the fifth are in deep downstate illinois um they are Republican seats, there's no election there. There's no election in the Cook County uh, district. The only two places there are elections in the second district, which is the north and northwest suburbs, and the third, which is the south and southwest suburbs.
1: Yeah, those are the- So staggered terms.
0: Yes, if you don't live in one of the counties that's within this district and again i'm going to say them because i it it bears repeating if you do not live or if you are not registered to vote in lake kane kendall McHenry, or DeKalb county in the second district or dupage will kankakee grundy lasalle and bureau counties in the third district you do not get a vote in here however you are not powerless because you don't get a vote you may know someone you may have a relative a co-worker um uh, someone you haven't spoken to since uh high school um get on the phone you you have the power to turn out voters in all of in both of these districts um you know get on the phone email them um uh, send them information about it. I mean, you can get all the information you need. Just tell them what, uh, three sentences, what I told you today. If, if these Republicans win, the Supreme Court, abortion will become illegal in Illinois. Just say that and, and, and make sure they know um, they, they know it's on the ballot. You have to go to the bottom of the ballot. This is the other struggle we have. Um, these court um, court races, appear at the bottom of the ballot. So you have to go all the way down, vote for everything and keep going. Um, in fact, some people are saying start at the bottom of the ballot and go up. You could do that too where there, where that's possible. You can, so every person can do that. You can volunteer uh, to send postcards to text bank, to phone bank, and, uh, and to Canvas with us live. And by going to Jane's Army, you can get all these options. So because you don't live I can't vote in, in either of these districts. I live in the wonderful city of Chicago, minus a few other people that we don't like. And, <laughs> uh, and 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 um I don't have a I don't have a vote, but you know what? I have a voice and we all have a voice even Ben Jarofsky has a voice. <laughs> and, and No, but I'm serious. I'm, I mean, uh, I'm serious. I don't want people to sit home and, and say, oh, I don't live in any of these counties. I can't do anything. You can do a lot. You can do a lot. And if you want, and you're up to it, you can go to personalpack.org and you can make a contribution. I mean, we have a big event coming up on October 11th that practically every single um, leader in the state is going to be at at the hilton it's our annual luncheon uh, my final luncheon i might add um so um so everyone has the ability to impact these races regardless of where you live and i hope that people take that challenge and that mission very very seriously do not sit back and say oh my god this is horrible um i can't do anything about it we all have the power in fact if everyone listening to this show got just two or three more people to vote in one of these races, that will will likely be the difference on election day. So I want you to know that you can can make a difference and you can determine the outcome of these races. And I, again, uh, I've never been so frightened about an outcome as I am now, but I'm also very optimistic that if everyone takes it seriously and just gives a little bit of their time and maybe a little bit of their money, uh, we could win this and that in the, pro, you know, this is, I was thinking this morning, I was on another Zoom fan. This is, this is a pass fail exam here. Uh, there's no, you know, that there's no, um, there's no B plus or, or an A minus or whatever. This is pass fail. You know, this is like taking the bar or or getting a, you know, or, or I don't have many sports analogies to use here, but let's just stick with pass fail. Either we're going to on November 9th, unless it's so close and there's a recount, we're going to wake up and we're going to know what Illinois is going to look like for at least the next 10 years, if not an entire generation. So that's that's what I have to say about the next six weeks and five days. And maybe you'll have me on one more time before uh, November 8th, if I in your good graces at
1: the end of the show. And. (laughs) I'll probably have you on one more time before November eighth, and definitely once you retire. Because, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta hear TC when he has no concerns about anything. Woo! The unfiltered Terry Cosgrove cannot wait. Uh, and you said it's your final lunch. You met your final uh personal pack luncheon that you're overseeing. Yeah, I like to stop having lunch. Okay, I mean it's not. It's not.
0: I'm not on death row. (laughs) Okay,
1: right. It's final luncheon. Hi, Uh, final.
0: My final meal. No, no, no. It's not your final meal.
1: All right, Terry Cosgrove. One more time before you go. Give out that uh. That address, Jane's Army. Uh yeah, Jane's
0: Army2022.com. All right. Jane's Army2022.com. And if you sign up for that, you can you'll get notified about all the um options for canvassing and also can sign up to do other stuff. And then pack.org is oh, I forgot this. We on our website, we have our endorsements for the upcoming election. So you can go on there and see who we've endorsed and a bunch of hope. Pulp- a lot of other judicial races, as well as for state rep, for state senate, and for uh, all the constitutional offices. I will caution you: we are not a federal PAC, so you will not see anything about uh, races for Congress or uh, or anything else federal. We are state, yeah, U.S. Senate. We're a state and local organization only. So, so don't think we've dropped the ball. There's plenty of other organizations that do federal races, we are focused like a laser and I might say, um, successfully on state and local races. Yeah. Up till now
1: successfully. But if, yeah. uh, the Republicans, win, win. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If the Republicans win these two Supreme court seats, yeah. So, all right. Uh, Terry, thank you very much for taking the time to talk mm-hmm. to us and yes, definitely bring you back. Uh, and I can't, uh, wait till, uh, your, uh, off the chain, so to speak, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, you'll definitely want to check in on the, some of the conversations I have with Terry. Uh, like many times, I'll call him up to uh, to confirm his appearance on the show, and I I intend it to be a, a one minute phone call. Usually it goes for forty minutes, uh, and yeah, and that's my <laughs> fault, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> most of which most of which consists of Terry telling me how wrong I am. All right, uh, very not good, all Terry. the time, just a lot no. Every now and then, he's like, oh, "Yeah, you may be right, Ned All right. Thank you very much, Terry. Okay. Thank you, Ben, and best of everything, and I'll talk to you soon. Very good. That's Terry Cosgrove. I also want to thank Producer Chris for sitting in for Dr. D, doing a great job. Producer Chris, also from Alton, Illinois, the pride and joy thereof. Give yourself a raise, just like Dr. D, and take it out of petty cash, just like Dr. D. See you tomorrow, everybody.